We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You cannot find me a bigger football Friday. You can't do that either. Unless, of course, the Niners win this game. Then two Fridays from now is officially the biggest version of a football Friday you could ever have. But you got to do this if you want to get that. Can the 49ers do this? Can they go into Philadelphia and win this game? That is the focus. Are you ready, Ray? Not if you're yelling. All right. Well, let me just tell you what we're about to approach. Maximum! It's a big game. You got to give me that much, right? It's a big game. And I tell you, with a win on Sunday, do you realize that Kyle Shanahan would improve to 7-2 and two in postseason play as a head coach, which would tie him with Sean McVay for the second most postseason wins in the NFL since he became a head coach? All the way back in 2017, only Andy Reid has more. He's got nine postseason wins since 2017. One famously directly over Kyle Shanahan. But that's who this guy has become. And if you're asking me, what do the 49ers have? Like, what advantage do they have in this game as we're both agreeing that we have a very fair fight here? Kyle Shanahan needs to prove himself an advantage in this game for the 49ers. Um, I think the players are going to do that because I don't think either of them is a superior tactician. I think they're about the same. I think the Shanahan difference is that he has the ability not only to have a philosophy, but to get the players to fulfill that philosophy. Uh, I don't think there's any question he's you know, one of the rare play callers in the league. But I think mostly it's he knows what he believes in, and he's gotten the players who can validate that belief. And I think that might be the difference. I don't know that you'll see that in the game unless the players do what they're supposed to do, but... If there is an advantage, I don't think it's because he's going to come up with some fabulous play out of nowhere. I think it's because he will be able, through his players, to set the kind of tone and pace that he needs to be the most comfortable he can be. The one place I do see Kyle excelling week after week through thin times and in thick times, even in the worst years of Kyle. Even in the worst Shanahan games, he's got guys running open. The question was, is Jimmy seeing him? Can the quarterback get it to that open guy? And that's where Kyle Shanahan has to have the pre-snap razzle-dazzle that sets up the one matchup he knows he's got the better player in. That's when George Kittle makes the big play. That's when Brandon Ayuk pops open with literally not a guy eight yards around him anywhere. I mean, as wide open as professional football will allow is how open sometimes Shanahan's players become. He draws guys wide open. Can the players execute what he draws to be the wide open play? 
And if they can, they can go to the Super Bowl. See, and I think the gift that he has is not necessarily that, although I'm not arguing with you that he can't do that. I think it's that he can do that with the running game because that's where the difference is. That's how he's designed this team to be. That's why he traded to get Christian McCaffrey. That's why he changed Debo Samuel's career arc a year ago because of the things he can do in the passing game. He's really quite quite a bit more adept with having the most dynamic running game without having, until the last 10 weeks, the most dynamic runner. I mean, that's the thing that, that strikes me as the most compelling thing about him because if he was that keen on on throwing guys open, he, as the general manager, would have been more assiduous in making a better pass-blocking offensive line. What he's got is an excellent run-blocking line, and they win games by running the ball way more than they throw it. So, I mean, we're, we're, we're arguing, like, tiny differences. I think he is the better coach, but I think it's this is large. When you get down to this stage... It's really about how the players do. I really think it's the biggest tell of all will be what the 49ers defensive line can do against the Eagles offensive line because I think that's going to dictate most of how this game goes. If the 49ers can win the majority of those battles, they win the game. Yeah, It's not about throwing guys open. It's about we're going to take your unit, which is basically the best in football, and we're going to make you value neutral. If they do that, I think they win. If they don't do that, I think they lose. I hear a lot of people talking about the, you know, the the nature of what feels like on its surface the uneven quarterbacking matchup. Like even if you will concede that there are no flies on Brock Purdy that anyone can really detect yet. It is just a simple matter of the arithmetic of experience that gives Jalen Hurts the upper hand in this game. And Hurts' experience, you know, it, it, it should be an advantage over a guy who started seven games. Um, I'm not here to say that it's nothing. Like, I'm not here to give a demerit to experience. Only a fool or the inexperienced would try to pretend it matters not. Of course it matters. But here's the fact. The fact is that Brock Purdy officially has more playoff wins on his resume than Jalen Hurts does. And they have both appeared in the exact same amount of postseason games. Hurts is 1-1. One one, Purdy is 2-0. and out. So, to just say, well, Jalen Hurts alone is the real difference in this game. And that's why it should be E-A-G-L-E-S. I, I don't know. I, I don't think so. You know, to say that, well, Purdy's not really done it on the road. Look, Purdy won in Seattle. And whatever you want to say about whatever you thought Seattle was, for everyone in the NFL, that's usually a tough game. If you're wearing a 49ers uniform, it's especially a tough game. As a matter of fact, the San Francisco 49ers have only won in Seattle three times in the last decade. And Purdy represents a third of that. I mean, he did it. He did something that doesn't happen often in a hostile environment on the road. So the biggest differences that people are trying to tell me lies in the quarterback matchup alone. I'm here to tell you aren't necessarily as big as you think they are. I don't think there are compelling differences between the two because I don't think that's where the game's going to be won. And I think people who say, oh, the Eagles have it all over the 49ers in terms of the quarterbacking. Uh I'm not sure they do either, but I also don't think that's where this game's going to be won unless Jalen Hurts runs for about 70 yards, which is he, he's capable of. Because if he's running for 70 yards, it means the 49ers defense can't corral him and they already have enough other weapons that could turn this into a boat race. I don't think it's about passing the ball anyway in this game because I really do believe the defenses are so good that this is going to be a grinding game. I really think that... I think it might be about passing the ball a little bit for Philadelphia. Maybe a little bit, but I don't think that's how they're going to win. I think they're going to win if their offensive line just 
punches holes in the 49er run defense because I think they would rather also run than throw. Um, you know, Jalen Hurts a year ago was quarterbacking a team that was 9-8. and eight. That was a team that deserved to lose because it wasn't good enough. This year, the team is dramatically better because the two, the two lines are better. It, it's, just a, it's just a much more dynamic team. So I don't know what that tells what you know what two games of playoff experience tells us or doesn't tell us. I, I just don't know that this is going to be a game that's going to be 41-34. I can't, I can't envision that because I can't envision both defenses being bad at the same time. Earlier today, I was on with our pal Darren Smith down in San Diego, and he said, you know, give me, give me a little prediction. What do you think? And I just said, look, I, I feel like it's going to be 17-13, 17-10, 24-21. And you can assign either team to either score. And I believe that that could be the final of the game. I wouldn't be surprised if the 49ers win, nor will I be surprised if the Eagles win this game. The only thing that would surprise me is a pinball machine. A real high-scoring, high-flying, that game would surprise me. Absolutely surprise me. But this could shake out either way. And by definition, that is a fascinating matchup. We're going to be talking about it with you today. Uh, How does it happen? I'm just going to ask you straight up. 888-957-9570. How does it happen for the 49ers? Ray and I have already put it on the table. I'm going to ask you to put it on the table. And on the table, guess-wise, today, we have one of the best talk show hosts in Philadelphia. John Kincaid is going to join us at 415. Ricky Waters is going to be joining us as we go inside the 49ers alumni locker room, if you will, today. Ricky Waters at 5 o'clock. Until then, it's me, it's Ray, it's you. John Kincaid later today, Ricky Waters later today, and later tonight, Warriors Live is starting at 6 o'clock here on 95.7 The Game. Brought to you by Xfinity. Supercharge your home with supersonic Wi-Fi, unbeatable internet, only from Xfinity. And it's a football Friday. Brought to you by Zenny, the official eyewear of the San Francisco 49ers. Shop from over 3,000 styles at 80% off retail prices exclusively at Zenny.com. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Now back to Damon and Rado on 95.7 The Game. The Road to Glendale is brought to you by the SF Sheriff's Office. Your future begins here. Visit sfsheriff.com to apply today. Welcome back. Damon and Ratto, an hour away from saying hello to John Kincaid, who hosts mornings in Philadelphia. We've also got Ricky Waters joining us at 5 o'clock today. Oh, look who's on TV. It's that loudmouth, Joe Fortenbaugh, who doesn't give the 49ers a puncher's chance in this game. <laughs> He was he was on fire yesterday. He was he was clearly drunk. There's just no question in my mind. He liquored up for that one. Somebody says, Damon, what fish song is that riff from? That's not a fish. It's uh, Lenny Kravitz. Lenny Kravitz. Did you okay. know that Lenny Kravitz's mother was on the Jeffersons? I believe I'd heard that. Yes, she played. The woman who was married to the white man. Yeah, what was her name? So, I don't remember. Is it Willis something? I don't know. I haven't seen an episode of the Jeffersons in a really long time. Well, neither is anybody else. 
but I do like the Lenny Chavitz. Anyway, uh, thank you very much for trying to spot that riff. It is an FM radio station, after all. I was just looking at the Fortinbaugh channel, and there's this guy with a pink sport coat, and it doesn't seem like it's got any sort of social significance to it. It's just, it's a fashion choice. Salmon, I believe, is the way they probably sold it to him. Would you like to wear a salmon sports coat? I think I'd rather wear a salmon. It's also pink. Uh, we have. I don't wear sport coats anyway, so I don't know why I'm getting uppity about what somebody else is wearing. When is the last time you put on a sport coat? The day of my wedding. No, there must have been one dinner, one evening, one nope. funeral. You, are you the guy who rocks like a short sleeve t-shirt to a funeral or Hartford Whalers? No, somebody? sweater. Okay. No, the last time I wore uh, even a sport coat was at my wedding. That's it. That's impressive. That's impressive. That's a, that's a hell of a run there, Ripken. Yeah, and the time before that was at that stupid playoff game. <laughs> the catch, the yeah. wedding, since That's then, it. no haberdashery whatsoever. Married in one, buried in one. There That's you go. Cool. There you go. Look at you. Like the, the true aristocrats out there, their name only appears in the papers twice. Birth announcement, death announcement. Maybe See, a wedding. I was going to say first indictment. And, you know, that's that's for the real aristocrats out there. Yeah. Uh, anyway, we have quite a matchup coming up. We have quite a game coming up. And Brock Purdy is basically trying to take on the entire NFL history book, along with the Philadelphia Eagles as well. Uh, Brock Purdy, Mark Sanchez, and Joe Flacco are the only three quarterbacks in NFL history to win two postseason games in their rookie season. No rookie ever, ever has won three postseason games in his rookie season. Purdy's completed 63% of his passes for 546 yards and three touchdowns so far in the postseason with only 27 more passing yards. Let's be honest, he should have that in the first quarter. With only 27 more passing yards this week, Purdy will pass Russell Wilson for the most amount of passing yards in a postseason by a rookie since the merger. His 109.9 passer rating this postseason is the highest by a rookie quarterback in the NFL since the merger. Someone from the 510 Ray on the Xfinity Mobile text line says, you know, Purdy's got seven wins in a row. Meanwhile, Jalen Hurts has won 23 out of the last 24 games he's played. And that's why there's a gap out there. When Purdy was Mr. Irrelevant, Hurts was already an MVP candidate. There's a huge difference. And I'm not here to pick a fight or even argue. But the huge difference, if there was indeed a huge difference, should be measured by Brock Purdy's timeline. Not necessarily Jalen Hurts' timeline, because Jalen Hurts has the advantage of his timeline starting before Brock even entered the picture, before Brock was even drafted. Jalen Hurts is an NFL player, while Brock Purdy is at Iowa State. So the correct timeline to score one against the other is in just their last seven games. And if the experience really does matter to Jalen Hurts, then he should be statistically infinitely better as a passer than Brock Purdy in his just last seven games alone. Because if there's a huge gap, how can somebody be as good as somebody in his first seven games as someone with all this experience in just their last seven games. And I went over these numbers yesterday, but I'm going to do it again. Last seven starts for Jalen Hurts. Last seven starts for Brock Purdy. Jalen Hurts is 7-0. Brock Purdy is 7-0. Jalen Hurts has 234 passing yards per game. Brock Purdy has 235. Jalen Hurts is a 64.8 completion percentage. Brock Purdy is 66.7. The pass touchdown to interception ratio for Hurts is 10 to 3. For Purdy, it's 14 to 2. The passer rating for Hurts is 97. For Brock Purdy, it's 116. The total touchdowns in his last seven games. For Jalen Hurts, it's 17. For Brock Purdy, it's 16. So to say that they, because of experience, are wildly different, and that is the big gap. How come is there is no gap at all in their production? Because it's not a gap in experience. The gap is in the fact that Jalen Hurts can run and Purdy can't. The difference is 760 yards between them. versus 13. 
That's the difference. And if you take a quarterback in its to- in his totality, that's where the advantage that Hurts is. It's not because he has a superior brain or that he's played 150 games. That I, whoever is throwing that straw man out is a drooling idiot. The difference is that Jalen Hurts creates things with his legs that Brock Purdy either hasn't yet or doesn't have the capability to have. If that's the difference you want to point at, I'll go along with it. But if this was simply a throwing exercise, I'd say, you know, okay, Jalen Hurts is the better quarterback, but the 49ers are probably the better team because they're better at running the football. But it's not going to be that. It literally is going to be a game where you have to look at the guys who never touch the ball to find out how this is going to go. Because either the either the, the, the Eagles defense is going to force turnovers or the 49ers defense is going to force turnovers. And that's because they have superior players on that side of the ball. They both do. That's why this game is only two and a half points instead of, you know, 12 or 15. Because... Basically, the Eagles, you know, for all the people who say they didn't play anybody, they had a tougher schedule than the 49ers did. But that doesn't matter anymore. It's literally about this team versus that team. And the two and the place where the strengths are equal are along both lines. And that's where the that's where the, the battle's gonna be fought. You know, Brock Purdy could easily have a, a fine game and the 49ers lose. Jalen Hurts could have a fine game, and the Eagles lose. It really is, the, the game's going to be won somewhere else. Trenches. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't I mean, know. Here's I mean, the thing. I sound, I sound like a 94-year-old Big Ten fan, but when you tell me that one team has the best offensive line in football and the other team has the best defensive line in football and that the other two uh, com- comparative lines are in the top five, that doesn't mean that's where the best players are. So go to where the best players are. They will tell you how this game will go. 888-957-9570. The differences, the similarities. How do you got it shaken out? By the way, little assist here on the Xfinity mobile text line. The character's name was Helen on the Jeffersons. Thank you very much. Roxy Roker. Was the name okay? That that's familiar. That's to me now. Lenny Kravitz's mom right there. I like that. Look, this game got to be. You know, I, I I hate to agree with you, Ray, but who who turns it over? Who turns it over is probably losing this game. If neither team turns it over, oh, we got something really fascinating happening this weekend. Yeah, I'm. I can't begin to guess because I believe they are like either one and three in terms of turnovers allowed. In which case, they're both really good at ball security. So this game basically is going to tip on a weird break. We may not be able to prove who the better team is when this game is over. We'll only prove which team gets to play one more game. We go to a woman who's already probably seen this game play out in the Constellations. Andrea, the astrologer over in Berkeley. Hello, Andrea. Hello, how are you? Very well, thank you. Uh, how does it shake out? How is uh, wh- Whose house is rising in what <laughs> plan of, of Mercury? Yes, I'm glad you asked. Uh, you know, Brock Purdy, I'll, uh, you know, he's got quite a chart. December 27, 1999. He's a young Jim and a Capricorn. And I'll tell you, one of the worst things you can say to a Capricorn is to call them Mr. Irrelevant because they're so ambitious. And he's very organized and conscientious. I mean, if you see him in the presser, in the press conference, he's very realistic and methodical. And he doesn't seem to get flustered or fake. So he has that Capricorn ambition and that achieving quality and wanting to be recognized. So, I mean, like you said, you just had his stats. I mean, five in a row, and uh, he could be the first rookie, um, you know, to win. So I just really like, um, you know, his energy. And the Virgo moon, I think, keeps him very detailed. He talks about that, going over the game plan with Kyle. He just seems very efficient and very humble about things. 
and, you know, meticulous about details. So I really like, you know, what's going on in his chart. And he was a few months old when Tom Brady started his NFL career. How about that? How's his Virgo moon doing these days? Andrea, thank you. Good to hear from you. Appreciate you calling in. Ray, Virgo moon. Well, you weren't even thinking about Brock Purdy's Virgo moon. Be honest. You didn't see that one coming. Uh, the Capricorn? Capricorn. When you said it was Andrea, I knew there would be references to moons. The Virgo moon, though? No, I didn't know. I, I assume that everybody's got every... Harvest moon, maybe. Yeah, Blue sailor moon, moon, maybe. Sailor moon, yeah, maybe. I, no, I mean, it's, you know... I kind of knew what her area of expertise was, so I figured, eh, that's where we're going with this. Jackie Moon. Jackie Moon. Moon Pies. Wally Moon. Baseball player. No, I know. Well, I'm just saying. But nobody thought of Virgo Moon. No. Spanish Moon. Yeah. Benny, by, by Benny King. Feet. Oh, does, does Benny King's got a Spanish Moon, too? No, the, he was the guy who sang the song from which the title of the movie came. Yeah. See, we're learning things today here. On 95.7 The Game. Uh, you know what, Lucas? There's one element of today's show we did not discuss in any of our pre-show meetings. You have until the final segment of today's show to flush this bad boy out. Ah. Because we are going to have a night at the props. We got prop bets all around. We got prop bets for Eagles and 49ers. We got universal prop bets for the entire weekend as well. But we do need to fade the public. We need to fade the public this weekend, and we only have two games to choose from, so it shouldn't take a lot of research for you to come up with the correct answer and which public gets fed. For the first time all year, we're going to include totals in this, so we have four bets to choose from. Ooh. Warren Moon. Thank you. Thank you very much. What is Ray's zodiac sign? Ray, don't, Ray, Ray refuses to disclose... His, like, we won't know how old Ray was at the time of his death unless we cut him in half and count the rings. And since I'm not planning to die, you'll never know. And if I do die, I'm just going to be buried in the woods with a hat on. So nice. no one will get to any of my limbs. Nah, you can't do that because remember, you and I have a pact. Whoever goes first, the other guy does the eulogy. I'm just going to type it and send it to somebody to read. Thank you. I'm not getting in my car for any anybody. Not eulogy. even not for me. Not for anybody. I wouldn't get in the car for my eulogy. You're going to need an Uber for that one. No, I'd have to go Lyft. That's there. You keep it in the family. <laughs> Look, D'Amico Ryan's. He says in order to get through this game, he needs all eleven guys lifting when it comes to limiting Jalen Hurts's legs. Here is D'Amico Ryan's from yesterday. And when it comes to him scrambling around, right, that's uh, all 11. Right? It starts with our, our D-line being where they're supposed to be and guys who are responsible to go get the quarterback. We just have to do our job. No, we can't make a bigger deal out of it than it is. Everybody has to do their job, be where they're supposed to be. And we play defense as all 11 groups swarming. That's what's going to help us you know, defend the quarterback running. And the truth is, if they can sort of start to take away that RPO, Philadelphia starts looking much different. If they have to just get their running game going through, let's call it, standard running plays, that's a win for the 49ers instantly. If, that, oh. if this game reaches that point in the game, things are going well. Because it means the Eagles' running game is now inside the tackles for the most part. Um, Miles Sanders is good, but one of the things that makes him very good is the fact that Hertz can get outside the pocket. You know, with designed runs, that means you stretch the 49er defense. If they can corral Jalen Hurts, it will be harder for the for the Eagles to run, it would seem to me. So yeah, I mean that but how many people have corralled Jalen Hurts this year? Not many. Yeah. So that's I mean again, it's what the big uglies do to to steal the line from John Madden a hundred years ago. I think it's what, you know, clearly staying assignment ready and not getting pushed out of your lane and giving up the edge. That is huge. It's huge. And even the if you don't, and even if you don't, Jalen Hurts is quick enough to find the little seam anyway. That's why this is, a, it's fascinating because it's, it's ultimately 
going to be little things that decide this. This isn't going to be a blowout. I can't I can't envision that. The three most important guys on the 49ers defense have a very good chance to be Fred Warner, Dre Greenlaw, and Talanoa Hufanga. Because those are the guys who are going to have to tamp down anything that gets around the edge of that defensive line. Hufanga's eye level, if we can quote D'Amico Ryans from a couple of weeks ago, has to be state-of-the-art in this game. He cannot get eyeball tripped up and the 49ers have a good game yeah he he's you know well they all have to i mean that's the thing it's just if they're making a lot of tackles the 49ers are in trouble but if they are able to eagles are in trouble no 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 if if they have to make a lot of it means the eagles are getting into the secondary with the running game see i I think think that means getting around the edge i don't know he's no no what i was going to say was getting to the edge and forcing hurts inside is what they need is what they need to do even if they don't make the tackle but if hurts can get outside and they're the ones who have to tackle him that means it's probably like an eight yard gain and the eagles will take that all day long so you know this is going to be a game where you're going to almost take the box score and throw it out you'll have to watch this game with your eyes and hope you know what you're looking at D'Amico Ryans knows that he's got to spend a lot of time making sure his defense is looking at A.J. Brown. I mean, we talked with Sal Palantonio and Ron Jaworski this week. Both said that that guy might be the one who holds the key for the Eagles because the team that hits the big shot plays a couple of times in this game is going to have a massive advantage over the team that's just trying to stay on schedule and ahead of the sticks picking up big hunks of yardage in what feels like a defenses are going to dictate the afternoon type of a football game is huge. Here's D'Amico Ryans on keeping an eye on A.J. Brown. His size and strength, that's the one thing that separates him from a lot of receivers, but not only that, like, when he catches the ball, you know, he turns it to a different gear, right? His run after catch has been pretty dynamic to watch this year. So that's where he's separate. He's big where he can go down the field and uh, make plays on the deep balls, but also he's just catching the five-yard routes and turning it upfield and turning that into an explosive. That's where he's been really good this year. And whoever, I'm talking about whoever on this 49ers defense, if you're lucky enough to get your hands on a ball, Oh, you got to come up with it either from the bottom of that pile after the recovering the fumble, or you got to come down with it because of the interception. Turnovers, key, D'Amico. We always talk about the ball, and the ball is everything. And if you take the ball away, you're going to win games. And that's the most important factor on Sunday. It doesn't matter. If we can take the ball away, we can create more turnovers then the Eagles right, will win this game. And that's what it'll always be about. It won't change. And the history of ball, it's been proven, right? You take the ball, you win the game. So that's our mindset each and every week. That's our that's our key to victory. That's our goal every week. How many times can we take the ball and put our, can we score with it or can we put our offense in a favorable position to score? And look, if that doesn't happen and the Eagles start playing takeaway football, okay, so you're behind the eight ball right there. This might be a game where the Niners need to steal a possession. I mean, I know we talked about that against Seattle more than we even did Dallas because I thought Dallas might be able to throw punches in a more straight-up traditional style against the 49ers, and in a way they did. But this is a game where the Niners might have to be that aggressive team that steals the possession or goes for it on fourth and three from the Eagles' side of their own 50 and gets a little aggressive. You know, it, it's, it feels like the opposite of the way that Kyle needs to do this, but maybe that's the advantage because the Eagles know the Kyle Kyle's tendencies and getting muy agresivo with a fake somewhere on the field could absolutely catch Philadelphia off guard. Yeah, but they don't do that very much, and they haven't done it during the year. So I think if you're going to pull that out now... Saving it. You know that Kyle's got a stack of plays that are literally labeled NFC title game that he hasn't touched all year. Oh, I'm I'm sure there are, but it seems like that's not how he plays, period. Because it's not just this year. He's not a guy who does a lot of gimmick stuff. And he's got a he's got a kicker who if he decides I need the three here, he's gonna take the three because it's the percentage thing to do. Kyle Shanahan is not a conservative guy, so he doesn't need to all of a sudden become the aggressive take long chances guy. He's a guy who plays the percentages. 
And because he's got the kicker he's got, I think he's going to do that. I don't think there's going to be a fake. There might be a fake punt at some point because, you know, there's there's less involved there. But even then, it, that doesn't seem like the kind of coach Kyle Shan is comfortable being. And if he's going to start doing uncomfortable things, I think the players are going to look at him and go, well, how worried are you? Because I think they know what I mean, Kyle Shanahan likes to do as much as he does. I think he plays basically according to Hoyle. And this is why I think Sirianni would be thinking exactly the way you're thinking, which means that play might be available. It, well, it might, know, I mean, that's the thing. It, 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 what, what is the bigger tendency breaker than to break the tendency of my ultra percentage playing conservative nature? I mean, that, how do you get uh, someone flat-footed? They didn't see it coming. But you had better have been working on it a lot. Oh, I'm sure practice. they have. I'm not sure they have. I don't know. All I'm saying is we've never seen that from Kyle Shanahan. And that includes the two years when they were awful. But he wasn't like this in 2019. He wasn't like this in 21. And he hasn't been that this year. In other words, they'll never see it coming. No, so but they're I, due. But I think you'll never see it coming either because I don't think it's coming. If there is a fake punt this weekend, I want a fresh, crisp $50 bill. Are you going to go 50 to 1 odds? My 1 against your 50? What kind of a, what kind of a bet is that for me? Well, if it's you so wanna, sure. You want to do it so even money? If you're so certain, I'm not it certain. cannot all happen. I'm, all I'm saying is I've never seen Kyle Shanahan do that, and I don't think he's a guy who breaks programming. Which I would don't be the know. the perfect time to break programming. Let's break programming now. <laughs> Look at you keeping an eye on the clock. I always keep an eye on the clock. Yeah, but not until the five o'clock hour, and then we oh, get no, that no, fifty-minute no, no, no. hour, and then and then you really start TikTok. No, we're TikTok. two hours and seventeen minutes away. I've been watching the clock since three oh oh. Such a hard worker. What a what a what a slog this is for you. Another day in the coal mine of Ray Ratto. Hey, it's heavy lifting, no matter what it is. Easiest job you'll ever have. You're oh. welcome. Oh, gee, thanks. You're the guy. <laughs> I'm glad that you finally get it. John Kincaid, he's also the guy. He's joining us at 4.15 this afternoon. Ricky Waters at 5 o'clock. Ray will continue to swim upstream against current for the sake of all of your pleasures on your way home this afternoon. You should all thank him profusely. The sacrifices he makes for the greater good of no. the Bay Area sports community. If you want to thank me, keep your thoughts to yourself. Leave me alone. Nothing drums up a call segment quite like that. Thank you, Ray. Uh, we are brought to you by Fremont Bank. Full service banking, no compromises. Now back to Damon and Ratto on 95.7 The Game. It is great to have you here today. Our first guest joins us in a little more than a half an hour from now. John Kincaid, who is a state-of-the-art, fantastic sports talk show host in Philadelphia. He joins us today at 4.15, a little bit later on at 5 o'clock. Ricky Waters is going to be joining us. Uh, Ricky Waters, you know, it might be a lot of the game plan that the 49ers had against the San Diego, and they were the San Diego Chargers back in those days. There might be a little bit of that game plan in this game, too. Because Ricky caught balls out of the backfield that day. And I think you're going to see a lot of balls come out of the backfield to Christian McCaffrey and Debo Samuel. Brandon Ayuk. I think you're going to see George Kittle involved in screens. Look, high school coaches know this. If there's a big old nasty pass rush coming in your direction... One of the best ways to slow it down is with a stout running game and a screen game that makes everybody stutter step instead of just come on, coming through. And that's what the 49ers are going to need to do. They're going to keep Philadelphia off balance, and they have to, because if they are off schedule, third and long equals problems for Brock Purdy. You want to avoid third and long, staying on schedule. Might be one of those games where second down is the most important down of the day. Trent Williams, a couple of days ago, was talking about how Brock Birdie has really answered a lot of bells and he can handle noise. I mean, he went up to Seattle. He went up there. So it's not like Philadelphia 
is that much different, right? I've been a Philly almost every year of my career, so it's, it's, it's a little bit more than just the noise that comes with that place, but um, I think if you can operate in Seattle's noise, I think the noise, you can pretty much operate anywhere, but, um, you know, Philly is just one of those places where, you know, those fans, they, they, they make a difference. They get under your skin, you know, they, they yell at you, they, they, they don't stop, so I think that's, that'll be an added factor to it, but I think he operated good in the noise. I mean... It's look good, feel good, play good for the players out there. But believe me, Philadelphia fans truly, honestly believe that they can affect the outcome of this game. They really think that intimidation is part of the keys to success that the Eagles need to turn over in the ignition in order to drive all the way to the Super Bowl. Like, they really believe that. And that kind of makes them a little bit dangerous, right? Because um, I have not been... To Lincoln Financial Field. But I did go to the vet when I was a kid. And I don't know if there's anything quite like the 700 level existing anymore at Eagles games. But when I did go to the vet, I was way up in the bleeds. And that was an education in roughhouse fandom up there. I mean, it truly, truly was. I I, I know that, uh, you know, Bonte and Joe Shasky have spent a lot of time this week talking about the attitudes that they're going to take or have when they're in Philadelphia. I I do believe Duff uh, protested too much. <laughs> I think maybe dark gray overcoats might be the play for them. What I what I love about Joe is he thinks that having experienced a. Golden State Warriors final game in Boston has prepared him like in any way for what they're about to walk into in Philadelphia. Boston might as well be an upper crust bow tie black tie formal event compared to what the hell is waiting in Philadelphia. This is it will be nasty. Well, no, I mean, that's that's the Philadelphia M.O. But it's also the Boston M.O. if you go to a Patriots game. Football crowds are different than basketball crowds in that way. But if they want to tempt fate, well, God love them because they're going to be pushing a piano uphill. It, that's not going to be a place to wear your 49er gear and act like you know, you're going to put, their, put your feet up on their furniture because they'll have none of it. The question is... Does that attitude reach down to the field? And not just for Brock Purdy, but for all those guys. Because Philadelphia, as everybody has said, is a different place. I mean, Trent Williams did this every year. And he made a point of saying that it's a different place. So, how much different? I think that's going to depend on who gets off to the 10-0 lead. Right, let's face it. A level of that place is different for a guy just rolling in there with Washington. Like, Washington is the team they worry about the least in Philadelphia. It's New York and it's Dallas. But they do find special hatreds for all three of those divisional teams. So, they do. So it's not like you know they were grading on a curve. They, they hate Washington the same way they hate New York. And slightly less than they hate Dallas. Because I think Dallas is the home run for them. That is without a doubt. There, that you know, who is the Eagles' biggest rivalry? I mean, who's the 49ers' biggest rivalry? There's a lot of teams that like to fill out the application for that, and it changes year after year and time over time, depending on who else is hot at the time they're they're meeting. You know, it's it the Rams, not really, but I could see it becoming that. It came it and was went. The Seahawks, yeah, and 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 we'll see what happens going forward. We know that the 49ers and Cowboys got a rich. You know, uh, 49ers, Packers got a rich uh, tradition of not liking each other. It, it is Duke, North Carolina for Eagles and Cowboys. No, this is Serbia, Croatia when it comes to Eagles, Cowboys. <laughs> uh, Duke, Duke, North Carolina is polite next to that. Oh, I, I, I'm oh, no, not going to meet you out there. I've been there. I'm just telling you when you compare it to Cowboys, Eagles. Everything's polite. Yankees, Red Sox. I'll get, you, not you, nearly as violent, though. It, it's, no, well, baseball by nature is not nearly as violent. Well, that's, but that's my point. I mean, Eagles, Cowboys takes it to a place 
that nowhere else right. gets taken. Some, somebody could bleed today. Yeah. Oh, somebody will bleed today on Sunday. They might be bleeding today just in practice. Ron Jaworski joined us just yesterday, and he talked about how impressive Brock Purdy has been. And let's just say the comp was a pretty nice comparable. You know, and I made the comment when I first broke him down. I said, he's Joe Montana-like. And, boy, that, I don't want to be disrespectful to Joe Montana because I love the guy. Uh, but that's what Brock Purdy reminded me of. His ability to read coverage quickly, understand what the defense is doing, and know where his people are is just uncanny. And, you know, Joe Montana didn't have the, the, you know, the, the gun on his shoulder, didn't have the speed to get, you know, beat with his legs. He just won. He knew how to run an offense. And Brock Purdy reminds me of how Joe Montana played the game. Doesn't turn the football over. Very judicious where he throws it. Understands what's going on. I mean, it's been an unbelievable ride for Brock Purdy. It has been. Now, here's my question. Suppose Brock Purdy was appearing in this game with, uh, Ray, give me a random NFC team. Um, the Bears. Okay. Brock Purdy is the Chicago Bears quarterback. Does he still remind Ron Jaworski of Joe Montana? No. Absolutely not. Because he'd be running for his life the same way that Justin Fields ran no, okay, for his but, life. But, but, so take the team's performances out of it. I'm no, just but saying, it, no, but it, they're all intertwined. No, that, I'm saying, is the comp... This guy reminds me of Joe Montana because the playing styles are truly that similar. Or is the comp... He is a, no one expected him to be this good, and he's wearing a 49ers uniform, therefore he's my comp. I don't know why people have seized on the Joe Montana comp based on seven games of, of Brock Purdy, because I still think he is largely a blank slate. I think the real thing here is, maybe it's part partly that he, we're talking about two different 49ers, maybe it's about the fact that neither of them throw the ball particularly deep but they're precise when they throw it but I think people we don't know still even now what Brock Purdy is and what, what he isn't what we know is he hasn't screwed up he's kept the ball in the fairway seven straight times and some of that is because they played easier teams some of that is because he's surrounded by very good talent and a very good coach and some of that is him I don't know how to parse that out yet because seven games, even seven really good games, is still a small sample size. I think we'll find out on Sunday a little bit more about him. But I honestly think we're not going to know what Brock Purdy is till the end of next season. I mean, yeah, if you're, if you're, if the whole point is professional sports are all about adjustments. You come in, you show them what you got, then there's an adjustment made to what you've shown. Then what do you do once the adjustment is made to start muting whatever it is your strengths seem to be and take those things away? And then can you make an adjustment to the adjustment? And if you can do that, then maybe you do have a career as a starter in this league. Yeah, I mean, we just saw the first adjustment that a defense made last week when the Cowboys started aggressively forcing Purdy to go left. And found out that, like most quarterbacks, when you go left, you're not as effective. So, you know, did, did, the, did the Eagles do that too? They're certainly going to try. You know, they're going to see what else Brock Purdy isn't really good at yet. And that's why the whole idea of what he could be in the future, I can wait till the future to find out. It's about what he does Sunday. And even at that, it's almost not as much about what he does it's about what he doesn't do. And what he can't do is be careless with the football. And so far, he has not been careless yeah. with the football. And But I'm just saying, a team that forced as many turnovers as the Eagles did can make maybe make change that narrative a bit. I mean, like I said, Brock Purdy is still a blank slate. And people trying to fit him into, oh, he's this guy or he's that guy. They're whistling in a graveyard because nobody knows yet. You know who he is? He's Brock Purdy. Yeah. And that might be that might be a great thing and it might be ultimately disastrous, but we'll know more on Sunday night than we do now. Somebody on the Otis 
Bird the Third YouTube page chat line just spent $10 to have this jump out of the chat. It's all golden, and I, I didn't even, like someone spent $10 to say, Stephen C. Thank you, Stephen. Who gets the 10 bucks? That's my question. I think we know who gets the 10 bucks. YouTube. Well, I, I know who doesn't get the 10 bucks. Yeah. It's not like you and I are splitting five and five here. No. Uh, Steven says, a lot of sports media says the RPO is going to defeat the 49ers. Shouldn't the 49ers just hit Hurts every single time and that he keeps it or just handing the ball off similar to what the Ravens did with Colin Kaepernick? Yeah. Yeah. I, I am not going to be upset. If Dre Greenlaw picks up the 15-yard personal foul for going a little bit too aggressivo on Jalen Hurts, especially with that shoulder, I think that's the right way to do it. The quarterback must go down and must go down hard. This ain't for this. This, this game ain't for making friends. And, a 15-yard penalty in the name of I'm trying to hurt that guy. I'm cool with it. Well, whatever your mood on that is, it works both ways. So, sure does. I mean that. No, this is not going to be a friendly game. Um, and the idea uh, now maybe he's suggesting that you hit him late no matter what well that way you know okay you might get a few shots in on on Jalen Hurts but you'll be down 21 to nothing is that worth is that worth the gamble right somebody just spent $5 Ernie Ernie Chavez to just write hey ratto our culture is dead Welcome I wouldn't here. spend $5 on me, and I'm with me all the time. That's just nuts. Why, why are we making them pay? Uh, no one's making them pay. They're volunteering to pay. Are you joking? No, I'm not. Welcome to your 4 o'clock hour. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.